0: It's so good to be here. We weren't able to be together last week. I hope you were able to watch online and join us live stream, but we were not able to be here because of the snow, which has lingered, and I don't know, mom always says if it uh, if it stays past a certain amount of time, it's waiting on more. Seven days, which, here we go, so y'all get ready for more snow. Maybe it'll happen during the week and go away by the weekend so we can come to church. Uh, so you can have some days off work, maybe, and then, and then be at church on a, on a Sunday. So, anyway, we are <laughs> we're glad that you are here with us today. That we're able to be together. Just a, another reminder that Gideon cards are in the back. If you are needing to send out any cards this year, we strongly encourage you to use a Gideon card to do it. There are all different types. It is five dollars. That's the suggested. Price of one of the cards. There's a, an envelope that goes with it. You can put the person's name in and it says that this, uh, however many Bibles was donated in the name of such and such a person. So you can do that and support the Gideons. Again, $5 to place one Bible in in one of the um, areas that they serve. So that's a, a great thing that they are able to do. Also, this month... Is the warm items so for our shoe boxes? If you have not yet brought anything, uh toboggans or <laughs> if y'all, so, if y'all are from the north, a toboggan is a sled. I just thought of that. Uh, <laughs> don't bring sleds, it's a hat. Bring hats, toboggans. I've when I heard somebody say riding a toboggan, like that's kind of tiny, but whatever. Um, but you know a a hat a scarf gloves anything like that that will go into the shoe boxes if you have just gotten a new pair of shoes yeah. amen uh for uh if you've just gotten a new pair of shoes you can bring your shoe box to the because we do need that and also if you have any uh, any money that you just you don't have time to go to the store and buy anything you're welcome to donate some money to do uh, the shipping so Please do keep those things in mind. In three weeks is our first Sunday meal, and at the end of February, Dr. Tatum will be with us again. He is. Uh, he wants to do something that he's been doing. We we talked about the fact that we're um, we are part of the M4 program. It's a an initiation program that he has started in. Western North Carolina, and he, he asked a, a lot of churches to be a part of it, and we are one of those churches, so they're doing some testimony services and that sort of thing in different churches, and, and he wanted to come, he asked if, he was, if he'd be able to come and do that with us, so uh, February 27th, I believe, 20th, 27th, 27th, yes, okay, 27th, so we will be, uh, we'll will be (laughs) um expecting dr tatum for that and any other oh yes ladies get your knitting things together or your sewing or your crocheting or your fleece type things whatever because on the (laughs) on the 16th of february we're going to try for the third uh, wednesday of each month if you're interested come over to the fellowship hall class and we are going to put together some blankets for the crisis pregnancy center gentlemen if you're really interested that we you will not be turned away so you can come over with us but if you would rather then brother mike would love to have you over in his class or ladies if you're not interested that's okay too we'll still love you uh the next day and you can come over and join with Brother Mike in his class. But if you would like to to participate in some some ladies fellowship and some yes sir, okay. Well, there we go. A challenge, a challenge. So, <laughs> all right. So you consider that. You you think about it, and you l- you let him know later. So anyway we would love for you to participate again it's a a way to fellowship and also a way to give back so uh, keep those things in mind I got an email from Amazon that my that my new um, needles are on the way so excited Um, so this uh, there's this little space behind and it's about the cat today so there's this little space behind our bedroom door Shane's dresser is there, and, um, or chest of drawers, excuse me. His chest of drawers is there, and then the door kind of butts up against it, and it leaves a little triangle. Well, sometimes the cat just goes behind there for whatever reason. You know, it's a nice little cozy spot. But um, yesterday, Shane was fussing at him, and he ran back there in that little spot. And <coughs> Shane was very aggravated with him. So he, t- we have a space heater And Shane took the space heater and put it in front of the door so he couldn't get out. So Rome was just sitting there in the corner, you know, being punished. He was in timeout. He just sat there in the corner, and Shane peeked through the little little crack in between. He's like, you know why you're in there. And uh, so he said, you know, he's lucky that I have to iron this shirt because I'd keep him in there for a while. So he took the... He took the space heater and moved it. And the door stayed closed, and the cat stayed in there. And he kept looking at it. He said, I wonder how long he'd stay in there if he didn't know that he could get out. Oh, my. How often do we stay bound? When the Bible says that he whom the Son is set free is free indeed. When the Bible says that where the Spirit is allowed to be Lord, there is liberty, how often do we stay in the state that we're in because we're too afraid to come out, because we don't know and understand that there is freedom, that there is, there is power to break those chains of bondage? So this morning I encourage you, whom the Son has set free. You are free indeed today. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in this service. Heavenly Father, we are thankful to you because you are so good. God, you are great and mighty and powerful. God, you are strong and you are our deliverer. You are our help. God, I thank you and I praise you that through every circumstance you are with us. God, I thank you that you have made a way to free us. God, where there seems to be no way, you are able to come to our rescue time and time again, and we're grateful that you do and that you have. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for bringing us into your house today, that you protected us through this week, that you gave us the strength to get through our work days or our school days, and that you brought us back into this place of fellowship. I thank you and I praise you for each person who is watching online and I just ask your anointing and your help in their lives today God I just ask that you would have your will in everything that is said and done that we would honor you, that we would please you in all we say and do. Father God I pray that you would break chains of bondage today, that you would set free the captives today. God that you would help us to honor you and please you in all that we say and do. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Lord, we praise you and thank you. We give you glory for your goodness, God. Lord, we
1: praise you. I searched the world, but it couldn't feel me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade. We're never enough but you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your life oh there's nothing than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. So I'm not afraid. And you still call me friend Cause the God of the mountains Is the God of the valley. If there's not a place Your mercy and grace won't find me again beauty for ashes. you turn shame into glory you're the only one who can sing that again you turn morning to dancing you give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're. To garden. You turn phones into me. You turn seas into highways You're the only one who can You turn graves into gardens You turn phones into armies you turn seas into highways, you're the only one who can,
2: you're the only one who can,
1: you're the only one who can. Praise you,
0: Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise your name,
1: By now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, but knowing the battles for you have never failed me your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my confidence you Never fail me yet.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
1: I know the night won't last. Your word will come to you. my heart will sing your praise again. And Jesus, you're still in love. Keep me within your love. And my heart will sing your praise Your promise still stands, that great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence, you never fail. Your promise still stands, that great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness I'm still in your hand and this is my confidence you never Your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence You'll never fail Your promise still stands That green is your faithfulness Your faithfulness so faithful lord there is power in the name of jesus there is power in You're the all-sufficient sacrifice So freely given such a price Bought our redemption Heaven's gates swing wide There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. And there's an army up. There's an. Army the no. There is power in the name of Jesus We know there's power in that name of Jesus To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain Give Him praise this morning He is able, He is strong Thank you, Lord.
3: Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. There's power to break every chain, and you shall receive that power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts. Of the world, Cornelius, Morsel, Japan, Romania. Whew. Oh, somebody, jump over the chair! Power in the name of Jesus. I remember reading about that power that came down. It was sound as of a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled. Somebody say the next word with me. All the house where they were sitting, nooks and crannies, little place that you wouldn't think was there. Oh, the Holy Ghost, and that's what I ask Him to do this morning. Lord, in your house, allow that Holy Spirit of God to enter every place here, and especially our hearts. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I'm feeling good in my sanctified So It is the time that has been set aside for testifying and testimonies. Let me begin with one that is a testimony that is one year old now. In loving memory of Sam Holman Hartzell. You remember Pop Pop giving that request and Gretchen giving that request again and again. Here's what he says. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day for you and in a way that pleases you. I love you, Lord, and I thank you that I will spend all eternity with you. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah that all eternity has started, but there's no end to it. Glory, glory. Brother Mike may say to you this morning to look at Jeremiah 15 and 16 and read there that the Bible said, Thy words were found and I did eat them and they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart for I am called by your name I belong to you we belong to him oh glory let's do what David said in 34 and 1 I will praise the Lord Or bless, he said first. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. A couple of verses later, he invited all of us to come and join him. He said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Praise God. Thank God for testimony like that. I will bless the Lord, and I will sing His praises and rejoice in Him and magnify Him all the time. I thank God that I'm alive and well today. I thank God that He's touched my life in in many ways. And I'll tell you, there are times that He's blessed us. We didn't even see it at the time. And look back. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. I thank him for a few weeks, 27 years complete with this church family. Boy, I thank God for that. You have been a blessing in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Your prayers, your support, your thinking about me, your confidence in me. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was trying to help uh, a sister to remember, and when I was saying February 20th, and she forgot it. February 20th, I want to receive members into the church. February 20th starts year 28. If you would like to join the Church of God, Cornelius, we invite you to do that on the 20th of February, beginning year 28. Praise God, and I hope there'll be a few to join us. Amen. It'll be after the preaching time, and uh, uh, and it would take just a few minutes. Some of you that have been in the Church of God a long time understand that we used to read all of those teachings. And it took a long time, but you know them by now. In fact, you're living by them by now, and you're serving the Lord with your whole heart, and we want to receive you as a member of the Church of God, Cornelius. Amen and amen. So I think that I'm scheduled to preach the first Sunday of February. I believe that's when it's scheduled, And but then the 20th of January we'll be receiving members into the church. Praise God. Anyone, I wish I could ask people at home and they would be able to testify and ring it out to everybody. You've heard the preacher say a time or two, I wish they could hear me in the White House. Hallelujah. Would be nice, wouldn't it? Praise God. But you've got a testimony today, and you'd like to brag on the Lord Jesus Christ for anything or all that he's done in your life. Yes, Isn't that a good praise that we prayed? Lord, that we prayed and the Lord came through for me. He helped. Amen. Another brag on the Lord Jesus Christ for goodness in your life. Yes. Glory. Bless your heart. I'll tell you, God is good. God is wonderful. He is lovely. And I want to say again, before I step down, that David encouraged us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I'm feeling good in my sight. Praise God, brother. Amen. Glory.
4: Every one of you this morning. But I just thought about something. If if Pop Pop accepts that challenge, then you have to order me some needles too. Oh, one for me, you, and Pop Pop. Okay. All right, it's now time to receive prayer requests we have this morning. Brother Mike Peggy Altman's family. Alton. Pray for Peggy Alton, please, and her family. Brother Mike. Pray for Brother Mike's, Hager's daughter. Thank you. Gretchen. Pray for Amanda's work, how it all goes well, and Pop Pop's back. Sister Jordan Sister Hager's family and all that they need and we want to pray for Sister Keller and her back and everything and pray for Ken and Diane and the rest of their family.
3: Thanks, God and remember uh Walter Burgess, one of our retired ministers, passed uh as well a few days ago. And let's pray for that family. Uh praise God.
4: Walter Burgess, pray for his family. Church, Sister Shuggy.
3: It's good to have you,
4: too. Sister Sugar's family Linnea Jackson and the rest of them that they get well soon Sister definitely pray for your family anyone else Sister Say good things come After something bad That's right We definitely want to pray for Kim and Jason And his procedures That all goes well Sister Robin Okay We do want to pray for Robin's dad That all goes well You said Frank I hope hope he gets well Sister Powell Fernando and his mom yes ma'am if that's it raised hands for unspoken requests as we stand and take these to the lord Make y'all this time to fellowship.
5: dark Darkness, light arrives and heaven opens Holy Spirit, let us see it When you speak, the church awakens we oh man.
0: The I did, uh, that was uh, my bad I thought, that, uh, I, I thought that you were talking about when Dr. Tatum was coming And then you said the 20th and I completely forgot We did discuss that We just discussed it and then I completely forgot and that happens to me sometimes. Bless my heart. Uh-oh. That's a problem. <laughs> and I uh, just want to say, and I meant to say, because I mentioned the shoes, but happy birthday. Yes, we've had a couple of birthdays, right? Looking your way, Sister Dean, and looking Dad's way. And Michael, who is working, but um, <laughs> it was his birthday, too. And Leneva, if you w- are watching, um, she... They were having some bad weather. So she may be watching. Hello if you are, and happy birthday yesterday. So anyway, we are continuing. I hope that everyone had the opportunity to hear part one of this particular message. We we were looking at part one. There was just so much. When I when I was laying a foundation, I was studying. And I thought, there's no way that I can m- that I can finish this up and not take two or three hours to do it. So uh, you're welcome that we, <laughs> we split up, and, uh, and the, the rest will be today. So for those who have not yet been able to watch or who need just a little refresher, we were looking at the history of the relationship between Saul's daughter, Michael, and King David. And I will not... Ask you to uh, go back to these references, but if you are a note taker and did not get a chance to take the notes last week, I'll just mention what the references are. First uh, Samuel chapter seventeen, verse twenty-five. In this case, the teenage David learns that among other rewards, the man who defeats Goliath will win the hand of Saul's daughter. In First Samuel chapter eighteen, verses seventeen through twenty-three, Mirab. The older daughter of Saul is promised to David. And yet, later on, Mirab was given to someone else. But during that time, Michael fell in love with David while he was a musician and a guard in the palace looking over her father and p- playing for him when he uh, received that evil spirit, when the, uh, the anger and the manic episodes began to come upon him. In... First Samuel chapter nineteen verses eleven through seventeen. Saul sends messengers to kill David, but Michael aids in his escape, and she lies to those who had come. She said, David's sick, he can't he can't come. She'd created a, a fake David for them to to see an image in the bed, but they say, You can't go in, he's sick. And she lied to them and, and saved his life. In first Samuel chapter twenty-five, verses thirty-nine through forty-four. David marries Abigail and Ahinoam and Michael is given to another man. In 2 Samuel chapter 3 verses 12 through 16, David makes a treaty with Saul's army commander and relative Abner. After nearly a decade apart, David's condition for agreement is that Michael be returned to him and Michael's husband Faulty is very upset by this. So if you, again, if you were not able to listen last week, go back and and you'll hear the details of each of those things. But but back to the situation at hand, we are looking again in 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to do part two of this. And we've been talking about using our words, and this is how we're using our words with our spouse. If you have ever been married, if you are married right now, if you ever plan to get married you're thinking about getting married, then these things that we're going to talk about today will be of a help to you. So, this is just a a brief reminder of the context that we're in. In verses 14 through 19 of chapter 6, it says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of burnt off, of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. So David had been anointed as king first as a teenager we know that Samuel showed up at his house the prophet Samuel showed showed up and said to his father one of your sons is going to be anointed king so Samuel and Jesse looked at the oldest son oh this is him he's so handsome he's so strong he's so tall he's this is the guy not him the next son came nah, he's he's handsome he's strong he's he's tall not nah, not him nope 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 went by seven sons and finally said do you have another son well we have one more but he's out in the field tending the sheep well well samuel said we're not gonna we're not gonna sit down until he arrives so He was brought before them and anointed as king. Next, he was anointed about 15 years later. After Saul and Jonathan had died, he was anointed and appointed as the king over Judah. and He ruled in Hebron for seven years. Finally, he received the fulfillment of the prophecy that was spoken over him to reign over all of Israel. And he was king in in hebron and in israel 40 years but he had faced many difficulties before he got to this point of course we see he was forgotten and passed over by his father none of his family recognized his potential he was the youngest and the youngest was always sent to to tend the sheep kind of stay out of the way And no one really saw him as anything more than, better than a shepherd, more than, better than a harp player, but he was spending all this time getting to know the Lord more and more. Initially, he was taken under the wing of the most powerful man in Israel, King Saul, but Saul's personal issues had made him suspicious and threatened by David's success. He began to look at David and say, well, this man is trying to steal my kingdom. That was never in the heart of David. Of course, he knew that he would one day eventually be king, but but it was never within his heart to overthrow the kingdom of Saul. He loved Saul. He loved Jonathan. But but there was this suspicion, and there was this threat constantly that Saul kept looking at David and saying, this, this person is going to destroy me so i need to destroy him first his life was threatened numerous times by saul by the person that he had trusted if you if you look at their relationship he had come to have a a kind of a father-son relationship with him but most likely because he had been rejected by his own father and he found this comfort in a father figure but they they had a very dysfunctional relationship So he eventually had to live in exile to escape from Saul. He was promised one woman, and she was given to another. He was given a different wife, then she was given to another. So he had some distrust when it came to to that situation with his spouse or his mate, his best friend, and the man who, for better or worse, was like a father to him, had died. So his life was not easy. Michael had plenty of baggage as well. She had fallen in love with this handsome musician with a fighting spirit. But knew that he was promised to another. So she just had to adore him from afar. Listen to his music, hear him sing, hear him play. And just think, what if? But miracles happen, and she was able to marry him. <laughs> Whether or not he reciprocated her feelings is unknown. All we know is that she loved him, but that he and that she was given to him as his wife. But we don't know how David ever felt about her. She watches her father deteriorate from a brave, bold king to suspicious insecure and he descends into madness he goes crazy and she has to watch it she aids the escape of the man that she loves not realizing that he will be gone for eight years that she'll be virtually abandoned whether it was to protect her future or to take a swing at david she is forced by her father into a second marriage when David finally does return, he brings with him two new wives and their children. She is forced by her brother now, another, another domineering man in her life. She's told that she has to return to David and for the fourth time loses a man who was important to her, David, Saul, Jonathan, Felty. So she has lost person after person after person that she cared for, that she loved. So now we'll take a look through this lens at their history. We're going to take a look at the way that they spoke to one another considering the baggage that they had brought with them. So David is now ready to take on this role that he'd been called to 20 years prior, and he established that his kingdom would be one that placed value on the presence of the Lord. So the very first thing he does when he becomes the king of Israel is to uh, go up and defeat the Philistines because they had been a thorn in the side of Israel for decades. So he says, you know what, we're going to take care of this, and he goes to defeat them. But then the second act that he does is to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. So he leads a group at the beginning of this uh, chapter. It says that there are about 30,000 who went with him to get the Ark of the Covenant and to bring it back. Last week we talked about the difficulties that, that they had had. But finally, they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, the holy city. And they're singing, they're worshiping. Have you ever been on an emotional high, like things are going great things are just you're you're hitting on all cylinders you're feeling good just this is the best day ever I hear that a lot in second grade just you know anytime that they get to do anything different it's like best day ever uh, so sometimes you you get to that point like oh this is a great day this is wonderful and then you're deflated so David he finally accomplishes this goal he had seen even through the reign of Saul the ark of the covenant is elsewhere we need to bring it back and maybe he had put in the back of his mind when I become king this is one thing that I I for sure want to do so they brought back the ark of the covenant he's blessing everyone left and right giving out food giving out wine he is just feeling good about himself blesses his subjects and then arrives home to bless his family We have no knowledge of Michael's feelings at this point until it says that she began to hate David. So her first feelings that we're told about her, that she she loves him. And now we're told she looks out the window and she hates him. (laughs) But we soon see that she's dealing with a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment. In verses 20 through 23, it says, Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today. Now, it would have been good if she'd stopped right there. How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord, and it would have been good if he'd stopped right there, which chose me before thy father, and before all his house, to appoint me a ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight, and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. So she says to him, well, first she comes out of the house. She sees him coming down the road, and she comes out of the house. How glorious. Again, emotional high. He's excited. He's he's feeling great. How glorious. And maybe uh, for the first couple of words, it's like, thanks, babe. And she she begins to speak in this way that he knows, wait, that's not really what she means. Y'all ever been there? I don't know. Um, (laughs) but This word in the Hebrew could mean heavy, rich, or honorable. But it can also mean burdensome and insensible, depending on the context. So she's speaking to him with sarcasm, so it's possible that she means how burdensome you are. How insensible. Was the king of Israel today, he had waited for this title for 20 years frustrated in danger at every turn and she begins gouging him by using that title look at you so glorious so great the king of israel this thing that you've waited on for all these years and this is how you're treating it this is how you're responding to being appointed the king This king who uncovered himself today, disposing of his kingly attire to wear a linen ephod and dance around acting wild. You see, but she had seen insane episodes before. She had seen another man in her life act crazy. She had seen another man that when the spirit came on him, he would would begin to, to be angry and mad and throw spears to try to kill people. So it's possible that when she saw David acting in a way that she thought was manic or thought that was more excitable than normal, it could have caused within her a reaction, a flashback of how her father had acted. And instead of being able to say, That scared me. She reacts with sarcasm and anger. And she says, you were flaunting in front of the slaves of the servants, as a worthless man might. She takes issue with the fact that the slave girls of the servants, not just the servants themselves, not just the slaves themselves, but these people are low. They are the slaves of the servants. That they have been seeing this behavior. And her jealousy begins to arise. Because she was not his first choice. And because later on, ten years after they were married, he brings back a couple of women who were choices that he had made. So this jealousy comes up. Oh, showing off in front of all these women I see and instead of being able to say it upsets me and it hurts me that you're flaunting yourself like this and and it it worries me that all these women are seeing you and you don't know how dangerous that can be she just uses this angry tone hits at him you are vain in this case in the Hebrew it means worthless worthless to stoop so low. Consider the fact, again, she's calling him worthless. She, who was a princess in the house of Saul, and he is a shepherd. And she says, You are worthless. He was only a shepherd from what he considered a poor family and had struggled with worthiness his entire life. He, he speaks about this. When he was promised the daughter of the king, he said, well, Who am I and what is my family that I should become the son-in-law of the king? He had had some, some issues with his self-worth. And here again, she begins gouging. She and David both may have had wor- some notions about her worthiness that's all that she had to hold on to was the fact that in her past life she was somebody important and so she begins to tear him down because she's feeling insecure but then from david we hear it was before the lord and again this would have been enough explanation given david's history of music and worship If he had stopped at this, Michael might have recalled that part of the reason she loved him was because of his worshipful and creative heart, his zeal for God. She had seen him over and over and over again. She had heard the songs that he had written and had seen him worship. But then he goes on. It is because of the Lord who chose me before your father and his heirs as a ruler of Israel. So he becomes defensive of his position as king. She had struck a nerve with him, so he became defensive. He's insecure about his his position, so automatically he becomes defensive. Why? Because perhaps he still felt that even after 20 years of battles and victories and accolades, that he was just like that 15-year-old shepherd from Bethlehem whose father and brothers did not consider as worthy to be called before the prophet. So maybe he's thinking, I'm I'm not worthy. In the back of his mind, he's thinking, I'm not good enough to be the king of Israel. But I don't want anybody to say that. So he says, I will become more vile and base next time. She referred to him as vile, worthless, but here he says he will become vile, trifling. So you think worthless is one thing, huh, I'm about to be trifling. And, and for anyone who knows, you know, that the implication of that word in today's society. A woman. You think this is bad, I can get worse. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been like that with your spouse, your significant other. You think this is bad? <laughs> you' about to find out. We don't. We don't do that, right? No, no. <laughs> Blesses. <us>. Uh, <laughs> he said, "But the slave girls that you just spoke of will honor me." The word "honor" here is the same word that was used for "glorious." So he's meaning, she meant it in a sarcastic way, you're burdensome, you're insensible, but here he's meaning it as being honored. Those who are lower than you will honor me. (laughs) Note the contrast. This proper rich princess would show no honor to the king, so he had to receive honor from the slave girls. So the thing is, we have to fight fairly. And if you can use these points with your spouse, that's great if we can get to this point. And, and I don't know where, I don't know where you are. Um, I know that the enemy attacks marriages. We talked about this last week, that that's your second relationship. He first will try to attack your relationship with God and the way that you feel about yourself in God. But then if he can't get to that, he will begin to attack in your home. Because that is, the, that is the picture in the New Testament we see. That's the picture of Christ in the church. The way that a husband and wife are to react one to another. So in his attacking, he is attempting to attack Jesus. He's attempting to attack God and our relationship with God, but he does that through the relationships that we have with others. So I don't know where you are, and everything may be fantastic, and you may be listening to this going, oh my golly, we're, we're great, everything is wonderful, but maybe you know someone who's struggling, because I know plenty of people who have a difficult time in their marriage, and they're not communicating well, and they're not fighting fairly. So if you if you're doing great, and you know people like that, then please tell them to listen to last week's and this week's message. Please remember that we do not fight against flesh and blood. That when we are fighting with one another, the enemy wants us to see the other person. And he wants us to get angry and mad with that person. But if we can, in a moment of clarity, stop and say, you know what, I'm not fighting you the enemy is trying to fight both of us so if you can do that and that's with anybody you have conflict with anybody we don't fight against flesh and blood so if you can pause for a second before the conflict begins and say you know what we we don't need to do this we don't need to give into this so the way that we use our words with our spouse is important Often our words are what can change the argument to a conflict or to a resolution. It is normal to disagree. It is normal. That's okay. to disagree, that's totally fine. My mom says if if you both agree all the time, one of you is unnecessary, so you know, I'm, I try to find things to disagree about. No, I'm just joking that's a joke, that's a joke. I'm just playing y'all, I'm just playing. No, but I I don't want to be unnecessary. No, there's a lot of, you know, there's plenty of things that we don't see eye to eye, but we, Lord help us. Uh, But how can we disagree in a healthy way? How can we do that? So this account between David and Michael can give us some insight. So there are a few points that we can notice. Number one, pick your time. A lot of these things, I'm not going to take complete credit. A lot of these things are from Pastor Chuck, who was our um, premarital counselor, and I have things that I wrote down in our sessions together that have been very helpful. So pick your time. Is this an immediate problem, or can we take some time to cool down our emotions? Now, there are some people who are microwave people who who get mad and then the next day they're fine <clears throat> there are some people who are <laughs> who are slow cooker people who begin to think about it i think i might be upset about this and then the longer you think about it you think yes i am upset about this and then a couple of days later you begin Adding to that pot of, I I should be mad about this because of this and this and this. And the microwave person has forgotten about it. And uh, it's like, that's past. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. And so sometimes, sometimes, for those of us who are slow cooker people, (laughs) uh, if you take a minute or two, then a minute or two, a day or two, and really think about it, I can sometimes calm myself down and give my spouse the benefit of the doubt. Were they really trying to be ugly right then? Probably not. That's not in their nature to be such and such a way. So maybe not. So sometimes taking a a little bit of time helps you to rethink, and you don't even need to have a discussion about it. Because, like, I can give that person the benefit of the doubt that maybe it wasn't a problem. If it really, truly is a problem... Then taking some time, picking your time, will be helpful so that you can come not when you're angry, not in the midst of like the height of aggravation, but that you can have a real honest discussion at a good time. (sighs) So David, we see here, was in the height of excitement when he came home. He was ready to bless his family, but he was immediately deflated. When Michael came out of the house, he opened that door. Hello, glorious king. I saw you dancing around in front of all them women, acting crazy, acting vile, you worthless thing. And immediately, his attitude changes. Because he was in the midst of worship. He was in the presence of the Lord. He was excited about God. And he comes home where it should be a safe place for him to be. And he was attacked. So I'm not asking any of us to ignore a real issue that is worrying you. Okay? I'm not asking you to sweep it under the rug and say it doesn't matter because if you don't get resolution, it'll come up 10 years later. Okay? That is the truth. I don't know if you've ever been in the midst of an argument and the person said, well, I don't know if you remember two years ago that you did such and such a thing. You're thinking, what? I don't remember that at all. But it's because there was no resolution about that thing and that's been hurting them for two years. Okay? If there's no resolution that satisfies both people, because again, to microwave people, and and no offense to y'all microwave people, but to microwave people... When it's done, it's done. Yeah. And that's and that's the way that you're wired and you're built. And you know, Jesus helped those of us who take our time. But again, and until it's resolved, there will still be hurt that's involved with that that memory. And every time it comes back to your mind, it hurts. So I'm not saying to sweep it under the rug, do not ignore it. But when you do decide think should we shelve this issue for a minute if you don't get resolution right then because there are some people who just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until it's resolved <clears throat> once you finally decide to resolve it I, I want to take about three and a half hours to discuss all the points and then um, and then we're going to come to an agreement about it thanks that'd be great but if you need to set it aside for a minute then that's okay too <laughs> decide to shelve the issues if just if your emotions begin running high because Shane knows and we're just that's fine we're just opening it all up Shane knows don't talk to me after 11 o'clock about something serious because I will start getting super like mm, heightened heightened right you don't yeah it's like nope nope because things look different at night you sleep you sleep on it And then you come back, if it's the next day, when you're fresh. And that's just the way it has to be. And that's okay. That's all right. The second thing that you have to remember is to attack the problem, not the person. Because, again, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And when we begin to fight and discuss and and then blow up at one another... I'm attacking the child of God. And that's what the enemy wants me to do. I'm attacking this person that I should be close to. I'm attacking this person who should be my partner in prayer. And I'm hurting them on purpose. Michael could have said, I feel uncomfortable. That all these women of Israel were checking you out today. Honestly. And then it's not David's, David, shame on you for for dancing around in your ephod. It's, I felt uncomfortable when I saw that happening. Okay? It puts it on me. These are my feelings. I felt this way. To which David could have replied, I was not intending to show off for them. I just got so caught up in the excitement of bringing back the ark that I just I lost myself in worship. And then perhaps they can decide that together they can decide that David can dress differently next time. Okay, hun, if if my clothing was the problem, then you know what? I'll I'll wear my kingly garments the next time if that bothered you, then I'm sorry. I will I will wear my kingly garments the next time that I go out in this situation. Or, if it bothered you that all those women were around, hey babe, come with me next time. Come spend this time with me. And they work out a a solution together because they're not attacking one another. They're coming up with something that they can both agree on. It's not saying, it's not her saying, you are never allowed to go out and worship again. Right? Making that ultimatum. It's a way to communicate that I'm not attacking you as a person. I know that's who you are. I know that you're a worshiper. I know you get caught up in the excitement of worship. So I'm not going to say you better not ever do that again. But I find a way for us to compromise. That I don't have to be upset and you don't have to not be you. And then the third thing is find the root Where is all this pain coming from? Michael's jealousy was stemming from being a second choice for the man that she loved and a deep insecurity after he brought home two new wives. So, automatically... From the very beginning of their relationship, she's feeling insecure because he knew that she loved him, but we don't know how David felt about her. We have no idea. She was given to him, but, but we don't know if David reciprocated those feelings. So she's feeling less than because at the beginning of their relationship, he perhaps did not give her that love back but also that maybe she's feeling like she wasn't enough because he had to get two new wives and brought them back. His manic behavior possibly brought back those traumatic memories of her crazy father. So she sees him acting this way, and immediately she says, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go through this again. I'm going to have to watch this happen to another man that I love. I'm going to have to see this again so the pain and the trauma and the baggage that she has from her past is brought back up and i'm not saying it's an excuse but it does explain see because david's defensiveness stemmed from his feelings of being inadequate for the role of the king Throughout his entire life, he had been less than. When when his dad sent him to take the food to his brothers out on the battlefield, as soon as they saw him, what are you doing here? Go back home, you shepherd. No one wants you here. So he had had these feelings of being less than, of being attacked. The man that he felt like was his dad, his surrogate father, had tried numerous times to kill him. So any time that he was attacked, physically, mentally, emotionally, these feelings of inadequacy begin to come up and he becomes defensive. So if your spouse has been open and vulnerable with you to show their wounds, you have some choices. See, they had known each other more than half their lives. They knew the issues that the other one had. But instead of healing, they decided to poke So we have some choices. We can either use that wound to continue to wound. To call them crazy for reacting in a certain way. See, if I know you have trouble trusting, but I keep flirting with other women. Oh. If if I know that you're self-conscious, but I pick on you in front of people. Oh. Oh. If I know that you have some some questions about whether or not you're a good provider, and I, and I joke about your job in, in front of people. I know that these are issues that you have. I know that it's something that hurts you, but I keep on anyway. <sighs> There's a name for that, but <laughs> I won't say what that is. It's a difficult it's a difficult situation because if you're both insecure, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you have these hurts that have never been healed, then you're both coming with your baggage and your issues. And you're just trying to make it. <laughs> you're just trying to survive, hoping that the other person can help, but but you can never receive healing from anyone other than God. That other person can never complete you. Jerry Maguire had it wrong. (laughs) You you cannot complete another person and it's only Christ who can do this. Uh, I had a a very lively discussion, I don't know, 20 years ago probably with... um, A man who was newly married and just felt that... said, oh, everyone should get married. No, everyone doesn't have to get married. Yes, you should because you're not a complete person until you're married. That is a lie from the enemy. There's nothing in the Bible that says you're not a complete person until you get married. I tried to express that to him and give him some scriptures. He didn't want to hear it. Anyway, um, I can only be complete in Christ. And if I try to come into this relationship with half of me, then I'm always going to be needy. So I need to go to Christ and get healing and and receive completeness and restoration with Him. Um, the the second option that we have when we know the hurts of someone and again, it doesn't have to be your spouse. It can be a friend. It can be a co-worker. You, you know that they have hurts and instead of poking at it, you could embrace your God-given role in that person's life to apply the word. To pray over their hurt. To be an encourager to that person. To be a champion of that person. To say, I know what the enemy is saying to you, but that's a lie. Because when we understand that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, we see that these lies that are coming into my mind, these thoughts, the crazy that's coming, that that has nothing to do with me and how I want to feel. It is the enemy attacking. So when we see that happening in another person's life, it is our God-given responsibility to say that is not the truth about you. That's not who God says you are. If you cannot receive that for yourself right now, let me tell you. Let me encourage you. Let me show you what God says. So we have that choice. And the choice that you make will either dig up the root of the problem or it will make the root grow deeper. Often what we see on the surface is just the reaction to our old wounds being touched because the issue is not the issue. When I become angry and upset about one thing or when I I become hurt and inconsolable about one thing that seems so tiny, that seems so insignificant, it's because there are deeper wounds that have happened from the past that haven't been healed. And it could be wounds from my childhood or wounds from when I was a young adult, past relationships, or it could be wounds that we have inflicted on one another without knowing it without being sensitive to it and there was never any resolution and it hurts conflict is inevitable when more than one person is in the room and sometimes for for those of us who can see both sides of everything sometimes you're conflicted with yourself it's tough (laughs) yes it's hard to make a decision because you see every part, like, oh my golly, this would be fine, or this would be fine, I don't know. So conflict is inevitable, absolutely. But we can use these strategies to help us. Again, pick your time. Don't sweep it under the rug. Do make a time to talk about it, but take a time that you are not as heightened. Attack the problem and not the person, because you're, when you attack the other person, you're, you're hitting God's child. And that's not okay. God comes to the fence of those who are wounded. So you better be careful. And then the third thing, find the root. Find the root of the problem and be the one who helps dig it out. Put salve on the wound. Put the word on that wound. Pray over it have god help us to bring healing to those we're in relationship with to to use the words of god and not the words of anger as the music plays again i don't know where you are in your in your relationships if you're if you're married if you're doing great you've been just everything's been going well that's great and and uh I don't at all mean to make it sound like we we do bad, we, we do good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. I'm not saying that there have been times that we always did good. Because there haven't been. There have been times that we did not do well. But it's a learning
6: process.
0: So today if you're doing great, that's great. And I ask you to pray for those that you know in your life who are not doing great. Today, if you have hurt, if you have wounds, then we're going to ask God to heal because He's the only one who can make us complete. He is the only one and if I'm looking at anyone else other than Him, I'm making that person an idol and that's not fair to them. So, However, you need to pray, however, you need to receive from the Lord today, I encourage you. If you need to stay seated, if you want to stand, you're welcome to get in whatever posture you need to to receive from the Lord. And let's go to Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. We are so grateful that you created us for relationship. Father, that you, from the very beginning, created a relationship between you and Adam, that you would be first in every person's life. That's your desire, that you be their number one relationship. And Father, I ask for each person who is here today, for each person who is watching today, that the hurts of the past be healed Father, I ask you this morning that you would shine your searchlight into our hearts. Father, those who have seen bad relationships in action, those who, from a child, saw conflict
7: or disdain,
0: God, who saw brokenness, I pray that you would bring healing from those memories that they would understand that that's not how it has to be. Father, I pray that you would bring deliverance for those who have been hurt in ways they cannot even speak. That someone hurt them if it was someone they trusted or someone they didn't even know or hurt them in ways that they can't even say. God, we ask for the healings. Yahweh Raphae, who was bruised, who was hurt from the inside out so that we could receive healing. We ask that healing today. Father, for those who have from past relationships developed so much baggage that they don't know how to respond to a good relationship now, that they can't respond in a healthy way because they don't know what that looks like. God, I pray for healing today. Father, for those who are, I don't want to say it like hanging on to those things because sometimes we don't even know how to let them go. I pray that you would teach us to let it go today. Those things that cannot be changed, I ask you that you help us to release them to you, to know that we can trust you. Father, I pray for those who are in relationship with the person right now who has caused hurt. Father, forgive us if we are the ones who have hurt your child. Father, forgive us if we're the ones who have inflicted pain and and poked harder at a wound and made the roots of hurt deeper. Father, we ask your forgiveness today. And for those who have been hurt by a partner or by a spouse, God, I ask that you would bring healing and restoration because only you can. Father, I pray your will be done in each relationship that is represented today. If there's someone, if there are people today who are not married, I pray for all the relationships that they know of, that they touch. God, for their children or their grandchildren, their siblings, their parents. Father, I pray for each and every relationship that is represented here at this church, watching online. God, for each of us that we would receive healing because we understand that you created that relationship, that that should be our second relationship and you want it to be healthy. God, for
7: those
0: who have been on the edge of giving up, we pray renewed strength. For those who have been on the uh, the point, I'm saying I can't do this anymore, God. We ask your healing.
7: Your
0: we ask you to help us to take your words and apply it. God, I pray for each of us, for each and every one of us to take on that responsibility of bringing about healing and encouragement. To those we're in relationship with, and it may be friendships, it may be our families, it may be our spouse. But God, that when we see that there's a hurt, that we apply Your word to it. God, that when we see there's a need, we pray about it. God, if there is someone who is hurting, that we don't gouge it more, but we say in Jesus' name, this is who You are. In Jesus' name, You are worthy. Heavenly Father, we just trust that you have a purpose and a plan. We trust that each relationship that is here today, each one that is represented online and in this place, that it would become bolder and stronger. God, that we would become closer. That we would devote ourselves to working for you and working together. God we ask for unity just as you and the father are one God we ask for unity we trust you we thank you we praise you for all that you have done and all that you are doing right now to change and heal we thank you in advance for what we're gonna see happen in our church in our homes
2: father we say now over
0: your people may Yahweh bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you may he be gracious unto you and may day after day after day he bring you his peace in Jesus precious name